Welcome to Finding the Faith with me, your host, Frida Donnelly, where we explore what matters. Whether it's traversing someone's faith journey, diving deeper into doctrine, or simply enjoying Christian fellowship, I aim to focus on the good and the beautiful to provide you with some respite from the world. If you'd like to join us live, check out Finding the Faith on Rumble every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. All the links are in the show notes down below. Please remember to rate and subscribe, and I'll see you on the other side. Hello, everybody, and welcome back, or welcome to Finding the Faith with me, your host, Frida Donnelly, where we explore what matters. If you're new here, make sure to hit the subscribe button. We just hit 80, so we're about 20 away from 100, and I would love to get there. If you like what I do here, make sure to hit the subscribe button. If you're able to fiscally support the show, Rumble Rants are always welcome, and I'm doing this new thing where every Rumble Rant $5 or more gets Jazz, my cat, a treat, so that's a fun thing. And um, there are new emotes. (laughs) I did them the best that I could. I'm still figuring all of that out. But I hope you like them. There's like a couple like salt of the earth ones. Some of my men, like Jesus with little sheep. God's greater than our highs and lows. You know, just check them out. Um, And I wanted to thank you for all of the prayers. I've been a bit sick lately. And I appreciate your love and kindness as my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Speaking of our brothers in Christ. Tonight, I'm blessed to be joined by my friend, Jax. Say hey to Jax, everyone. Hello. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. That's good. I'm glad. I love your setup. It's really cute. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's rad. What? Is that a hamster? No, no. This is a slime. Though. Oh. Oh, wait. Like a slime like um, Stardew Valley? Uh, no, it's from Terraria. Close. Close. Okay. I, I like it. He's a silly little guy. That's awesome. <laughs> He's very cute. Oh, <laughs> um, so there are so many questions. All of you guys wrote in with amazing, amazing questions. So many people on Twitter. I'm just going to say it. This is probably going to be a two-parter because there's so much to cover. And Jax is going to be very gracious with, you know, sharing as much as he can in the time that we have. But just wanted to give that kind of heads up that Jax will probably be coming back. (laughs) And I also wanted to make an announcement that involves both Jax and I, which is that we will... About the other way, our friends? You're going to be on on Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were still reading... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no yeah, I just, we're, on thursday we're gonna be doing that yes both of us are gonna be on daily wire friends i just wanted Donnie to make sure out, like so it's gonna be uh greg i thought it was your show now i uh, thought you were I mean, the I, daily wire friend i i'm a part of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i could i could do a little coup and take over <laughs> oh but yeah that is so awesome i'm very very excited and i'm so excited to see all of you guys here hey swim hook hey alex hey bad quality memes it's always always a pleasure to see you hey whiskey biz hey alex now let's since there's so many questions let's get into them before we get into your faith journey let's give a little context as to why both mormon and latter-day saints are what your religion is both called could you tell us a little bit about the rebranding, if you will? Yeah. So 
Um, I think it goes back a, a lot of questions that people ask go back to looking at the very beginning mm -hmm. uh, with Joseph Smith and the formation of the church. Um, and with the formation of the church, um, a set of scripture that we have called Doctrine and Covenants, which is just uh, revelations that Joseph Smith received uh, in mm -hmm. the process of forming the church. One uh, of the re revelations he received was the name of the church. And that being, it was called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So from the very beginning, that was the official name of the church. Um, but that's a long name. There was yeah. a lot of people very hostile to the church. And a lot of the hostility um, took the form of name calling. And mm -hmm. because we have another set of scripture called the Book of Mormon, that being our big, one of the big deals of our church, uh, a lot of people took the the time to call us Mormons, mm -hmm. which I'll proudly stand by that name. I have no problem being called that name. Um, but that goes into recently with our current president of the church, the prophet uh, Russell M. Nelson, uh, where he reminded us that the name of the church is not the Mormon church. It's mm -hmm. the church of Jesus Christ. So it's less of a rebranding and more of a reminder that, you know, we represent Jesus Christ. We worship Jesus Christ. We don't represent Mormon. We don't worship Mormon. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's just another man who worshiped Christ himself. So um, it's, it's less of a rebrand and more of a reminder of who we actually stand for. Uh, my, I myself, I don't have a problem being called a Mormon, an LDS, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. I know that one's a mouthful. Uh, I will answer to any of them. I'll probably be going with LDS tonight as we talk about that. <laughs> If my notes are any indication, I'm just like, this is too much to type. Because there's already yeah. like, so many questions. Oh, so one of the questions I love to ask my guests are, what are your earliest memories of religion? Oh, it would be uh, me getting in trouble in a primary at church. That would be probably my earliest <laughs> memories. I was not a good kid when it came to uh primary with all the other kids i was the troublemaker i was getting kicked out and getting my mom called over to take care of me i was disrupting the class so that would be my earliest memories of really not enjoying going to church as a child if it makes you feel any better the majority of my male guests share similar antidotes <laughs> it's it's tough man for the guys it's tough to sit there for uh for an hour just you know yeah. as a child <laughs> What does a traditional service look like? Are there like multiple meetings a week that you're required to attend? Is there like a big push for either Saturday or Sunday? What does that look like? There's a, there is a big push for uh, attendance and uh, a community. Mm -hmm. So the main service is on Sundays and that will, what time it is depends on your church. So mm -hmm. growing up uh, in Tennessee, my church building was uh, a little bit more in the middle of nowhere. Uh, when it came to how many members there were where I lived. So only mm -hmm. one ward would meet there uh, at 9 a.m. Um, and typically we'll start with the first hour being sacrament meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's the entire, everyone all together in the uh, the main chapel. And typically we'll have an opening prayer. Uh, we'll have some music from our hymn book. Uh, we'll bless and pass the sacrament. And then depending on the day, we'll either have a couple talks uh, mm -hmm. by different members of the congregation who uh, have prepared on a certain topic or on the first Sunday of the month, we will have fast and testimony meeting. 
And that's where members are asked to fast beforehand for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And then also for the hour of sacrament, members can come up and bear their testimonies of Christ. So kind of like an altar call? I don't know what that is. Basically, I think... Correct is that people me. People coming if, up to the front and I think it's people coming up to the front and sharing their testimony. I think that, that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what fast testimony okay. meeting is. It's just people coming up to okay. the front and bearing their testimony. Now, what is the sacrament that y'all pass? Because I know that um, hey, we got some more in here. It's good to see you. Um, so I know that. It can vary based on religion. Also, guys, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have a new communion um, emote on here that I made. <laughs> um, but what is the sacrament that you pass? Uh, so the sacrament is bread and water. Okay. Uh, it's the it's meant to be the same as the sacrament that Jesus Christ Himself instituted. Um, and there's a it'll be blessed by uh, uh, members of the priesthood. Uh, mm -hmm. boys or men who have the priesthood and they'll bless the sacrament and then it'll be passed by uh, typically younger men. Uh, mm -hmm. This this duty is typically given to uh, young men from age 12 to age 18 and they're, in, they're put in charge to pass and bless the sacrament. Okay. Now, just out of curiosity, because y'all know that my background is as a Jehovah's Witness, um, is that I'm just a big old disclaimer here. I am no longer a Jehovah's Witness, but that's what I grew up as for those perhaps not in the now. Um, so is that bread leavened or unleavened? No, it's just normal. Just bread. Yeah, it's just, okay. we, so we don't we don't have a uh, we don't believe there's like a real, you know, rule for what it needs <laughs> to be uh, as long as we're standardized within it. So we will uh, church wide. It will be bread. Uh, but depending on circumstances for when the sacrament is being passed, if you only mm -hmm. have something like crackers, we'll mm -hmm. use crackers. Um, the church I go to, the ward I go to right now, they have a gluten-free bread as well for any members who need to have gluten-free. So there's a lot of wiggle room within there. Okay. The only for sure standardized is the water. It is always water because that is the easiest thing to use. That makes sense. I can see the logic behind that. <laughs> um, the reason I ask about the leavening of the bread is because the, so Jehovah's Witnesses, they only have one holiday mm -hmm. and that holiday is the, um, memorial of Christ's death. And they, like the sacraments, they, they don't call them that, but that's what, you know, most people would know them as that they pass are unleavened bread, which are basically like kosher Jewish crackers yeah, and red wine that has no sulfates in it. But the majority of people can't, um, unless you're one of the 144,000, you can't, like, partake. Yeah, I, I have some experience with the Jehovah Witness. I served uh, my mission for the church in Arizona, in Tucson, and mm -hmm. there were a lot of Jehovah Witnesses down there. I interacted with them quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I kind of grew up as. I, I don't have anything against J-Dubs. I, I appreciated every single time I interacted with them. It's okay. I they do. They were very kind to me. <laughs> I have enough for the both of us, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't have bitterness in my heart. I just think, you know. Anyways. So, <laughs> um, so it's mainly Sundays. 
Yeah. Yeah. Are we, there so so I, I know there's the distinction between Sunday and Saturday. We believe mm -hmm. that I think it's the resurrection of Christ happened on Sunday, and that's why we worship the Sabbath on Sunday. Oh, okay. So we, we believe, you know, seventh day, it used to be Saturday, but when Jesus mm -hmm. Christ was resurrected, they started to have the Sabbath on Sunday instead. Okay. In memory of Christ's resurrection rather than in memory of the day of rest from the creation. That makes sense. I can see the logic behind that. So what's your relationship like with Jesus? Mm, a work in progress, as, as always. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel you there. I... It's, it's something that when I was younger, like teenager, something I always struggled with, um, something I didn't really understand, but at least went through the motions of going to church, which I am grateful for, uh, my mom forcing me to go to church that I am grateful for that. Cause if I had my own way, I would not have gone to church. And in the, in the times when I did go, uh, and I participated with my leaders and my, um, other people who are my age, you know, every now and again, I kind of uh, realize that I, I'm not quite grasping what people are t saying to me, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not really understanding the atonement of Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm not really understanding uh, who he's supposed to be to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not having any spiritual, um, you know, moments in my life. And I attribute that to me not being in a uh, a mindset for those moments. Uh, and I think really the the first time I had like a oh crap, <laughs> I need yeah. to I need to get on track and really open my heart to him is um, we do these things called EFY uh, for my church. and it's just where mm -hmm. young men, young women we all we all come together. It's like supposed to be kind of a party thing. Mm -hmm. It's spiritual, like reading scriptures, just doing activities kind of, together. So basically like what a youth group type of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. basically. Um, and I had a very spiritual moment in that time because it was one of the first times that I was really forced to just sit alone mm -hmm. and read the scriptures and ponder them. And I, I given that chance this time, I, I really opened my heart to it. Uh, and I didn't read the New Testament or Old Testament or even the Book of Mormon. I was reading the Doctrine and Covenants when this happened. What are the are those like specific what y'all call specific parts of the Bible, or is that an entirely different thing? So this is completely different. This is okay. revelations that Joseph Smith received uh, okay. in the process of restoring the church. Um, and I can I can grab the verse real quick. Uh. So it's in Doctrine and Covenants 18, I want to say 18 or 16. Yes. So um, just some context for this scripture. This mm -hmm. is this was given to Joseph Smith, uh, Oliver Cowdery, and David Whitmer. And they were a crew of three that were working on restoring the, the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. um, and this has to do with... Uh, the priesthood being given back to Joseph Smith and uh, Oliver Cowdery and David Whitmer. And in this scripture, uh, Christ is talking to them about repenting and following Christ. And I, I'm just going to read it real quick. Cause I have, yeah, absolutely I have some thoughts it. about it. He's speaking to Oliver Cowdery 
and to David Whitmer. He says, and now Oliver Cowdery, I speak unto you and also unto David Whitmer by the way of commandment. For behold, I command all men everywhere to repent. And I speak unto you even as unto Paul, mine apostle. For you are called even with that same calling with which he was called. Remember the worth of souls is great in the sight of, Lord, uh, sight of God. For behold, the Lord, your Redeemer, suffered death in the flesh, wherefore he suffered the pain of all men, that all men might repent and come unto him. And he hath risen again from the dead, that he might bring all men unto him on conditions of repentance. And how great is his joy in the soul that repenteth. Wherefore you are called to cry repentance unto this people. And if it be so that you should labor all your days in crying repentance unto this people, and bring, save it be one soul unto me, how great shall be your joy with him in the kingdom of my Father. And now if your joy will be great with one soul that you have brought unto me in my, into the kingdom of my father, how great will be your joy if you bring many souls unto me. Um, and that, that scripture really hit me that I want to serve Jesus Christ. I want mm -hmm. to serve a mission. I want to share Christ. I want to share the gospel with Christ. And the only thing, only way to do that is to become that one soul that I can have joy in bringing mm -hmm. to Christ. When he speaks of how great our joy will be uh, mm -hmm. if we bring one soul to Christ, that one soul is not my friend. It is me. I, I am that one soul. I need to come to Christ. I need to partake of the gospel. Uh, and that will bring great joy in each of our lives when we do that. Absolutely. Uh, I think that somebody, I think that's definitely something that no matter what denomination you are as a Christian, that that's something we can all kind of come together and agree on for sure. Yeah. And that, that last verse just nails it home that if you find so much joy in the gospel and following Christ, why not share it? Like yeah. you don't have anything to lose. You're only going to gain more joy if you manage to share the gospel with Christ and the spirit touches someone else and they uh, begin to follow that gospel. Absolutely. So that, that would be, that that scripture right there means a lot to me. That is the moment that I really started to try mm -hmm. and pay attention, you know, to lessons being yeah. taught to me. I really started to study and search the scriptures. I really started to study and learn about my church mm -hmm. uh, because I know that there's plenty of questions about that. Th this this scripture is what propelled me into researching the history uh, of my church. So mm -hmm. that 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 script that scripture right there is probably one of the reasons I am where I am today, uh, married with my wife, going to BYUI, successfully serving a mission and sharing the gospel with other people. That is really, really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. I, I really appreciate that. Can I, I want to answer some questions yeah. real quick. There was a question in the chat that I wanted to get to about where those revelations, the golden tablets that were dictated. Were those revelations, the golden tablets that are dictated? No. So there is a distinction. The So I believe that just that there are prophets today, mm -hmm. uh, that that is the, the order of God's church, that there are prophets and apostles. So uh, Joseph, I believe that Joseph Smith was called to be a prophet. And the, the Doctrine and Covenants is revelations that Joseph Smith received from God, uh, whether they were rebukements against mm -hmm. Joseph Smith uh, or clarification on questions he might have about the commandments. So in that section of Doctrine and Covenants, the question was about the priesthood. It was about having the authority from God to baptize, to do the sacrament. Mm -hmm. So that's what the Doctrine and Covenants are. They're just revelations from God to Joseph Smith 
most of them there's two sections in the very back that are different um but that is the majority the the gold plates the brass plates that refers to the book of mormon okay so the brass plates are the plates that really started it all with joseph smith they're the plates that joseph smith was given uh by god to translate and bring forth so that's a different set of scripture compared to the doctrine and covenants okay because there was actually a question i specifically had about that um well not me it was somebody on twitter and i was like wait what <laughs> i want to ask this question gently but i honestly don't have enough context to do so so we kind of talked about that beforehand where some of these questions you don't know what you don't know and that's why i'm glad you know that you're here to talk about this kind of open-mindedly with great respect on both ends um so is it true that Smith stuck a stone in his mouth and shoved his face into his hat to dictate the Book of Mormon? And if so, can you walk me through that? Okay, so this this is referring to the process by Joseph Smith translated the, the Book of Mormon, the brass plates. Mm -hmm. No, he did not stick it in his mouth. That I, I will just say that this question, is, okay. the way it is written, it is purposefully uh, being petty about it and changing it a little. Mm -hmm. uh, what he did do and there's there's you'd have to there's a lot of uh different historicity of people writing the way that joseph smith did it and there's a lot mm -hmm. of different ways and he kind of um as he translated the book of mormon he started to gain a pattern of how he would translate it mm -hmm. and so the main way he would translate it is that he would have a seer stone um mm -hmm. and he would put the seer stone in a hat and he would put the hat up to his face so that it blocked out all light. And then what he said is that he would see words pop up on the seer stone of what the brass plate translation was. And so okay. that's, that's the, that's the main process of what he used. Um, he used, there's, he used the seer stone. There's points where they say that he didn't use a seer stone. Um, there's a lot of different ways that Oliver Cowdery, his wife said that he would translate them. That's the mm -hmm. main format that they said that he would translate them okay okay because like i saw that question and i was like i don't want to be a jerk about it because growing up as a jehovah's witness there's all sorts of different beliefs and everything that people would be like they can so easily take something out of context that's like beautiful and meaningful to like the religion or whatever and make it seem like weird or yeah i i don't really understand why a lot of people try to have a problem with that because yeah there is a pattern in the scriptures where god will use objects to bring to pass like i uh someone said that isn't that weird and occult like for him to use a seer stone yeah that was and, the and i was like is it weird and occult like for moses to have a serpent on a staff and have people look to it to be healed like God uses objects and symbols to teach us. Yeah. And a seer stone, I mean, the, the idea of a seer, I know it's kind of lost on us today. Mm -hmm. I believe that the prophet Russell M. Nelson and the apostles are prophets and seers and revelators. Mm -hmm. And that is that they can see what God is going to show them. Uh, and sometimes he's going to use an object to uh, get the message through. And so yeah. a seer stone is just an example of something that Joseph Smith used to uh, translate and receive the revelation. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that for me. I genuinely appreciate it. And thank you uh, for... Just just wanted to answer yeah. Swim Hook. Um, no, I wouldn't consider a holy route just a seer stone. 
because how it's it, it, I will just say swim hook if if you're listening to you know this delve into like Joseph Smith history is so interesting. Uh, there's a really good guy I can point you to that has really gone in depth on all the the different accounts we have. A seer stone itself would not be a holy relic because the idea of a personal seer stone is that it only works with that person. But there's other types of seer stones um, like the Urim and Thummim. Uh, that is yeah. something that is referred to. I, I don't know where in the Bible, but I know in the Book of Mormon it refers to an Urim and Thummim. They are a seer stone. They are. Yeah, I know it's in the Bible. I can't tell you where. Yeah, because they're, they're connected to uh, a chest plate mm -hmm. um, that the elders would wear for certain temple ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And the Urim and Thummim were stones that were connected to that. And they were seer stones. Yeah. There were stones given to the Israelites to use for the duty of being a seer. Um, I, I, we don't, you know, it's not like it's written in the the Bible that this is what Moses would do. But I would assume that the Urim and Thummim would be used. It's Ezekiel. Okay. Thank you. So I, I would believe much. that. I would believe that Moses and other prophets would use a seer stone to help them receive certain revelations. I mean, uh, that makes sense. I can see that. I, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's not like we have it in writing. Mm -hmm. um, it's just what what are these objects being used for? Because they exist. It's just we have trouble seeing. They don't always exactly say why or what they're using them for. And so this would be a, uh, a, cut, a cutaway into why I believe that modern revelation is required. Uh, because this would be something that a prophet, a modern mm -hmm. day prophet could tell us. Now, what convinced you that LDS was a continuation of the Church of Jesus Christ? Well, there's a lot of things. There's there's a main one, which I'll say, mm -hmm. but I will say I have done a lot of reading into the history of the church. I think at, mm -hmm. at some point, any member of the church does have to do that because as you can see, there are a lot of people uh, who have a lot of questions and there's a lot of people who uh, they don't have questions. They just have complaints uh, petty things yeah, also they just have crap. just questions they want to uh, throw at you to, to kind yeah. of trip you up and it's good to know the answer to them even when you deal with someone who doesn't actually want the answer um, mm -hmm. so i've been reading a lot of history about especially about joseph smith and the book of mormon uh, because mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to if joseph smith and the book of Mor if if the book of mormon is true and joseph mm -hmm. smith is a prophet well then there's something there so that's where i focused a lot of my um reading about uh yeah i know you saw on twitter i started reading a book called the hundred the lost 116 pages and it's yeah. here i'll actually say what the back to swim hook uh the the historian's name is don bradley and he is specifically a joseph smith historian uh grew up as a uh member of the church left the church still being a joseph smith historian Mm -hmm. later rejoins the church because because of things he has found about joseph smith so mm -hmm. there's a lot of things i've read about joseph smith and it just personally it keeps pointing back to i think he was sincere that he truly believed that he was called of god and that he was mm -hmm. receiving revelations from god um but the main thing that plants me in my faith is the book of mormon it is by joseph smith he has said that it is the cornerstone of our faith Mm -hmm. uh, it is the thing that brings everything together and shows 
if the Book of Mormon is true, then mm-hmm. everything else that Joseph Smith is saying is also true. But if the Book of Mormon is false, then yeah, it's a false church. Like it really just comes down to that. Um, and the way to know if the Book of Mormon is true, you can uh, read different uh, history things about it and see how true it is. I'll just tell you right now, you're not going to find the truth doing that. There's just not enough evidence to say definitively this is true or definitively this is false. Uh, Will you find the truth in the musical? <laughs> I haven't seen that, but I've heard about it. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. <laughs> um, we find in the Book of Mormon, um, both in the title page and also near the end, Uh, The last man who wrote in the book, his name is Moroni, uh, where he promises that if you uh, ask God, if you pray to God, Mm -hmm. uh, if the Book of Mormon is true, that he will reveal to you that by the power of the Holy Ghost, that is true. And that's a pattern that God sets in place. You find in James chapter one, verse five, where he says the very same thing. If you Mm -hmm. lack wisdom, you can ask God. So I, I ask God, I, when I you know, after this moment with the Doctrine and Covenants where mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to do better. I got to start following, living the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, the first step in really making sure this is the church is to read the Book of Mormon and pray and yeah. ask God. And that is something I have done. And I believe that the Book of Mormon is true. Testing the spirit is absolutely vital. You have you. So I'll just say something our prophet Russell M. Nelson has said is mm-hmm. that it will become uh, I'm going to butcher the quote, but basically what I'm saying, it, it is going to be vital that people of faith uh, are attuned to the spirit. It mm-hmm. is going to become so bad in these coming years that you are not going to be able to spiritually stay alive uh, without being in tune with the Holy Ghost. It is necessary. It, it's going to get worse. There's going to be so much evil. There's going to be so many lies, wickedness, that it's mm-hmm. going to be so hard to tell truth from lies. And the the best way to make sure that you are uh, following truth is to be in tune with the spirit. Yeah. And it's something I'm, wor- I'm not perfect on it. I am working on it every day, trying to listen to the spirit. Um, sometimes I do better than better days than others. But <laughs> Amen. Um, Can I get an amen emote in the chat, guys? <laughs> but it, it is the process and we, we, we have to. We have to. Listen yeah. to the spirit. Well said, Jax. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, do you believe it's possible that Catholics and Protestants, like that kind of group of Christians, as well as Mormons, can both be Christians while holding such distinct beliefs? So my my thing about it is Yes, there are distinct beliefs, but I, I never really understand why the line is being drawn that we're not Christian, like we're not called Christian, but Protestants and Catholics, well, even today I've seen where people don't want to say that Catholics are Christian. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand that distinction because yes, there are things I believe differently about Christ, but it's not a different Christ I worship. It is the same Christ in the New Testament. So mm-hmm. I, I don't really... Personally, I don't understand it fully. I don't either, um, honestly. But I will say it doesn't bother me if a Protestant or a Catholic is going to say I'm not Christian. Um, I'm not trying to join the club. Uh, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That is what I'm a member of. I'm not trying to uh, 
combine Protestant faiths and the Catholic faith with Mormonism. That's not mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do. It's distinct. It's different. Um, and I believe it is the true church. And so if uh, people who I, I personally see do not have the true gospel mm -hmm. are saying that I'm not Christian, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm not going to fight you over yeah. uh, that word. I'll just stay over here in my my church and, and hey, when we want to club right yeah and when we want to work together i'm 100 down but uh when it does get into the hostility of trying to name call each other i'm just yeah, not really interested in it that's really gross that's why i was you know pretty explicit tonight when i was going to have you on that like i've been doing a lot of catholic content lately even though i myself am not a catholic mm -hmm. it's just been you know the thing as of recent how it like lined up like that but i just like i don't want there to be like any grossness any has it gotten hostile with catholics on in the chat um we can <laughs> we can talk about that off screen goodness yeah i think it's ridiculous yeah but I... th when the content contention is not uh of god okay no, that, that is not. of satan so if you're if you're going to come in and say that you're christian and then you want to fight about it uh i'm not seeing how that's christ's words i i completely understand if you want to uh proclaim what you believe to be the gospel i think that is good uh but there is a way that christ has uh told us that we need to do that absolutely and i think from talking with all of the different like I've talked with a lot of Christian denominations since I've done the show, like we're in season two now and none of them have pettiness as a fruitage of the spirit. And none of them have like, and all of them actually have, you know, this is what Jesus said. Jesus. Yeah. I don't want to like paraphrase and like put some, you know, scalding tea in his mouth or anything, but he doesn't call us to hate one another. He calls us to love one another. We're going to have differences, but like I'm totally down for like uh, righteous anger. I'm totally down for correction where correction is needed. But a lot of people do not know how to do that. A lot of people think it's just call people names and be mean. And that's not what uh, a righteous form of correcting someone is. Absolutely. And like Swim Hook so graciously put in chat, the 11th commandment could be <laughs> thou shalt not troll. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. You go, you go tell anti-Mormon and Twitter that they'll take kindly to it. <laughs> oh, in case you guys are wondering what the fruitcake of the spirit uh, emo is all about, um, on a conspiracy filled chat, my phone autocorrected when I was trying to talk about the fruitage of the spirit and it autocorrected to fruitcake. And so now it's just become an inside joke. <laughs> so that's what there that little thing is. We need a new translation of the, the Bible. <laughs> Every time it talks about the fruits of the spirit, it says it's the fruitcake. <laughs> Autocorrect is so hateful when it comes to religion, honestly. <laughs> uh, so what strengthened your faith most through your spiritual track? I know that you talked a lot about your two-year um, pioneer mission, and I was wondering what that was like. Did you have to meet like particular um, qualifications to participate? How did that all work? Yeah. Uh, real quick. Can you hear the dog? Do I you... can not like super loudly. I honestly thought it might've been the dog like okay. across the street. If, if it gets too loud, just let me know and I can try and I'll bring him in and calm him down. Uh, but it's all good. Uh, I just want your puppy to be good. He is very cute. <laughs> he, he, he should be fine. He's just, uh, whining about being alone. 
He looks like the puppy version of you, honestly. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't give PJ that. I don't want that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my so my my two year mission um, that is that is something that my faith does. We believe that we need to proclaim the gospel. Uh, mm-hmm. That that is a integral part of sharing uh, of Christ True Church is sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way that we do that now is that uh, people are given the opportunity to serve a mission uh, for the church. Um, for men, it's two years. For women, it's uh, 18 months. And uh, my two-year mission was um, there were some highs and some lows. It was a very uh, – it was a moment where I had to grow up. <laughs> but bluntly, you know, being an 18-year-old, getting – kicked out of the house and going to teach people about Christ. I mean, the church puts a lot of faith in, uh, men like me. Um, I had to, I had to deal with a different culture. Uh, that's something you might see with, uh, uh, people who have problems with, uh, Mormons is mm-hmm. there is a culture in Utah and Idaho, uh, that is different, uh, compared to even, uh, LDS communities outside of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in Tennessee. Uh, I grew up with uh, a lot of uh, Protestants, a lot of Baptists. You know, that, that was really a lot of my friends and a lot of the people I uh, spent time with. It, it was a different culture when I went mm-hmm. to the mission. Um, and there was a different, there's a different way people acted. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's just something I had to uh, figure out how, how, how can I get along with these people? Cause mm-hmm. you know, I, I wasn't this uh perfect little uh, Mormon that did everything perfect. I, you know, I, I cussed, Amen. I, I, <laughs> I did stupid stuff like that. And I go out on the mission and you know, first time you do something like that, it is you, you threw a bomb or something. So uh, part of it is, you know, accepting that I still need to grow. So part of my mission was me uh, becoming a better person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Part of the mission is uh, every day studying the scriptures uh, for a couple hours with your companion for a couple hours and then going out and applying what you read mm-hmm. in the process of teaching people and finding people to teach about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it was it was a big growing moment for me. Uh, mm-hmm. There were some ups and some downs, but uh, the downs I always managed to turn into good ups. And I think that's that's kind of part of the process of growing and becoming a, a true disciple of Christ um, is to keep growing. It, it's mm-hmm. it's OK if you, you're going up and you go down as long as you keep going up. You got to yeah. keep repenting and keep becoming a better person when you're taking, you know, that two steps forward, one step back. At least you are taking that one like mm-hmm. that extra step forward in the chat. They're asking if that's the LDS version of Rumspringa. I don't know what Rumspringa is. Basically, it's this. So from the Amish community, I have never been Amish. I only know what I only know. But basically, the best source right here. (laughs) (laughs) The TLDR of it all is these kids go off during a certain time and then they, you know, live kind of in the world and get to decide, okay, do I want to go back to like being Amish or do I want to continue on in the world? And then if they continue on in the world, they're shunned. I know a decently fair bit about it because that's kind of what being disfellowshipped is like. A consistent rumspringer. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, no, I would not say the mission is similar to that. Uh, the mission is 
a duty to serve Jesus Christ and God and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you mm-hmm. don't do that, um, it's not like we have a policy where we shun you. I, I understand that some people, you know, their families are disappointed or something like that. That is not the policy of the church. That is not what a true disciple of Christ should be doing is shunning people uh, who do not take this chance to go on a mission and serve God. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Do you want to go get him? Let me grab him real quick because he's just because he's breaking my heart. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Well, Jax is taking care of his sweet, sweet baby. Um, let's cut to a pro-life coffee spot. Make sure we're doing it while he's not here so that we don't offend him. I'm kidding. He's not sensitive like that. Do you want a delicious brew that shares your values too? Look no further than North Arrow Coffee. North Arrow Coffee is a pro-life veteran-owned business that I am proud to have as a sponsor. Not only do they have a delicious, superior product, they also pledge to donate at least 15% of their sales to organizations that support and advocate for the pre-born, help families facing crisis pregnancies, and offer healing to those who have been affected by abortion in a gospel-centered way. Order North Arrow Coffee today. You can do so by going to northarrowcoffee.co, and when you use code FRIDA, F-R-E-D-A, you'll save 10% off your first order. Hey. Hello. I'm sorry. It's all good. Puppies are going to puppy. Yeah, we got this puppy on Saturday. It's so exciting. The worst part about being remote is that I can't pet your puppy. It's really (laughs) bothering me. I'll try and do my best to stay focused. I was, uh, my, my wife is at home. She's at the temple right now. So I, I gotta, I gotta put up with Toby right now. I can't pawn him off. Poor thing. I know. So we'll get into wives in a second. There are (laughs) (laughs) some questions about that. I know some of your other wives are out shopping, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Back to Pioneer Missions. Um, so it seems more like going on like a missionary trip for an extended period of time rather than a rumspringa. Would that be kind of an accurate? Yeah, like there it, it is. It is structured by the church. Like there mm-hmm. are there are men and women who are called to be mission presidents and mission president wives, and they serve as the presidents of these missions for the missionaries, and they will guide the missionaries and help them uh, do their duty in the different areas that they're set up in. So it's very structured. It's put up. It's uh, provided by the church. Um, I still have to pay for it. The money mm-hmm. that was put. Actually, I didn't pay for it. My ward paid for it. The your congregation. Uh, fellow, yeah, the fellow members mm-hmm. of my congregation they paid for it, which I'm very grateful for. Um, so it, it's not. I don't think it's the same. It's like the only similarity is leaving where you were <laughs> yeah leaving home which i think is a good thing yeah uh, but it, like as we can see in like current culture that can be a bad thing Absolutely. Uh, when someone who hasn't been taught correctly um or i taught correctly i mean that they haven't been prepared to defend mm-hmm. um important messages maybe their parents taught them and they go to college Absolutely. Uh, so sheltered how, in their echo chamber yeah and then yeah. college just completely destroys and warps uh, a lot of good things they might have had in their life. So yeah. I don't think it's the same. It was more of a reinforcement of the basics of how to serve Christ, uh, what is the gospel of Christ, and uh, how to be a disciple of Christ. 
For sure. Um, there are two, for those interested, um, there are two similar things as Jehovah's Witness. I actually used to be a pioneer. I admittedly did that low-key for the wrong reasons because I had met Kyle the summer before I became a pioneer and I tried to pioneer to reinforce to myself all of the Jehovah's Witnesses messaging I was like if I'm out there for 70 hours a month telling everybody you know read this read your bible do this do that that like maybe like I'll be like you know telling it to myself as well there, and there, there are kids who go on a mission for the exact same reason, where maybe they only did it because their parent wants them to, or they believe that if they go out, maybe then they'll gain a testimony of Jesus Christ. And those, it's not, it's not bad to go on a mission, in my opinion, but I don't think those are the right reasons. Absolutely, um, doing things for the right reasons, especially when it comes to religious circumstances, is so, so crucial. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll end up hyped up on like 20 shots of espresso, speaking like practically in tongues, just not from Jesus. Well, and I don't even think that's going to carry you through, you know, uh, like a two year mission for me, like comparing it, just just doing it because your family wanted you to. I know from missionaries I met that that does not carry you through a two year mission. Yeah. You you are sick of it by like month two. It's not going to carry you through only a desire to serve God and be a disciple of Christ is going to carry you through uh, wasting by worldly standards, wasting two years of your life to do this. Yeah. Now, are there levels or a hierarchy to pioneer missions? Just out of curiosity, because coming from the background that I did come from, I'm obviously very transparent about it. I'm no longer of it, but I'm very transparent about it. There was certainly a hierarchy in that er like area of things where, you know, if you got to do like heart witnessing, there was a whole thing there. You'd had to like meet certain qualifications for like the past five years before you could like go do this thing. Was there a hierarchy or like specific qualifications and what did those look like? So there is a qualification to go on a mission. I'm glad you're using that word qualification because that's really what a lot of the gospel is about qualifying. Uh, so the qualification, just living the commandments of Christ, mm -hmm. obeying the law of chastity, being baptized. Uh, if your guy having a, having the, the priesthood, uh, those would be qualifying factors to go on a mission. Um, but as for levels, there's not levels on the mission. Everyone is a missionary. There's mm -hmm. different duties that can be given to missionaries. Um, so for uh, sister missionaries, there's uh, sister training leaders, and they, they'd really only be the uh, extra level. Uh, for guys, there's district leaders, there's zone leaders, and there's uh, assistants. Mm -hmm. So like that's the closest you get to levels but it's not like you do something special like you fill out a form or I like I don't know what how it works for pioneers but mm -hmm. it's not like uh you do something and then you get to have this job uh mm -hmm. the mission president prays about it and from whatever revelation he feels that he, uh people should be serving in certain positions that's what mm -hmm. he does okay so just for you know I don't want to be comparing something that is false to something that you find to be very, very true and powerful and potent and like meaningful in your life. But just contextually, cause I did like, as I was setting, um, as I was like planning this episode, I saw that there, what looked like at least could be some similarities. So I was just curious about them. Um, as far as qualifications, the reason why I ended up pioneering the year I pioneered instead of the year before was because when I was 13, I kissed a boy. 
<laughs> I know it, it's shocking. It was on my 13th birthday. It was on a riverbank at sunset. I'm not sorry. So I, like I will say, I, I, a lot of faiths, I have a lot of respect for, for certain things. And mm-hmm. the, the fact that Jehovah witnesses go out and they preach what mm-hmm. they believe to be true. I have a lot of respect for that because a lot of faiths don't do that. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is fact. Frida knows this is fact. <laughs> Frida and her foot blisters and her all of her old lady shoes and all of the miles that she walked and all of the cinnamon rolls she there ate. We go. Foot blisters, my best friend. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel that. I, if I had the chance, I would go back and do it again. I, I don't regret doing it. Unfortunately, the end of my mission came near when COVID mm-hmm. came, uh, started happening. Oh, no. um, so my mission got cut short by three months mm-hmm. uh, because they were just sending home a ton of missionaries uh, so that they had just had less people out. on yeah. mission. So I did get robbed <laughs> by COVID. I have a, a personal uh, angry battle about pandemics because of that, but uh, I, if I had the chance, I would go back and do the the last three months. I, I'd do it all over again. I'd do it better. <laughs> <laughs> the panini certainly ruined a lot of things for people. Yeah. I slept around the world in my uh, sleep cycle, so that's the only thing it really ruined for me. <laughs> You're right, swim hook. You're right. I, I definitely... Yes. I, I don't know if I had gone home normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, not. I don't think much would have changed honestly, because I only went to college uh, well after I would have gone home. Um, but I did meet some people when I got home that I wouldn't have been able to build a friendship and work with if I had not. That's really beautiful. A lot. One of the scriptures that I think about every single day is that everything's always working out to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Now, you came back on at the very end of our coffee spot sponsor. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> so can you not drink alcohol and can you not drink coffee? In yeah. The- so so that is that is a commandment given uh, to Joseph Smith. It's called the word of wisdom. Uh, mm-hmm. And the word of wisdom is just that it's basically a health code that uh, God God wants his saints to live by. Um, and so part of that is coffee. We don't drink it's it's hot drinks is what oh, okay. Joseph Smith was referring to. Uh, and back in his day, that would have been tea and coffee. And so I'm not today, trying to be shady, but can you drink cold beer? No. So oh. beer is a part of the word of wisdom as well. We don't drink beer. Uh, we don't drink wine, alcoholic beverages. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't smoke, you know, cigarettes, e-cigarettes, anything like that. We don't smoke. So it's really a health code. Uh, some of those you might be able to see, like, I guess the uh, the health benefits of it, like of not smoking a cigarette. Yeah, you can see the yeah. health benefits. Coffee and tea, you might not see the benefits. I mean, that's still something that only recently uh, people have been like, well, it's not good to drink coffee, you know, 12 times a day. But, you know, you're not going to kill yourself if you drink it once. And really what the word of wisdom comes down to is mm-hmm. uh, showing uh, the people of God are peculiar people. Uh, that they are unique, that they are different, mm-hmm. uh, and that will lead to people seeing us, and it will lead to people uh, being scornful of us. And so that's really what the word of wisdom ends up fulfilling. It, it it ends up helping us having some sort of system to be like, okay, this is a healthy code, but mm-hmm. also to fulfill that we are a peculiar 
peculiar people. <laughs> I mean, that's a very peculiar word. So it is. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you there. Um, okay, that's interesting. I've always wondered why, and I never got like a concrete answer. And I, I can, I've never been friends with somebody that the, I'd be like. So <laughs> the history of it is very interesting because it, it it's from Joseph Smith. It's a revelation mm-hmm. he received, the word of wisdom, and the reason he asked is because of his wife. <clears throat> They would have priesthood meetings and mm-hmm. all, all the, all the men would come in chewing tobacco. And at the end of the meeting, when everyone left, this is supposed to be a, this is supposed to be men of God. They mm-hmm. would leave the room and there would be a tobacco mess, like chewing tobacco mess on the floor. And Emma and a couple of her friends would be the ones who would come in and just clean after and put everything away. And they would have to deal with getting rid of this tobacco mess that yeah. was put behind and so she brought it up to joseph and was like this is ridiculous <laughs> and joseph was like no you're right let me ask god about it and he received the revelation of the word of wisdom and uh when the next time the the brethren met and he read the word of wisdom to them uh they all got up and they all quit tobacco chewing tobacco on the spot um so that's that's yeah. kind of the history briefly of how yeah. that happened Thanks for sharing that with us. That's really interesting. Really cool. I, th- I, yeah, I, I love, I love the early history of the church. It's so, yeah. so weird sometimes. It's bizarre, but it's also there's a lot of spiritual moments. There's a lot of miracles that happen. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I enjoy reading about it. I can definitely see why. So cutting to the stinger real quick. Actually, how many wives do you have? I have one. Thank goodness. Now, what's the deal with multiple wives or polygamy? I know we talked a little bit about this when we were planning the episode, but I'd love to hear more about why that was a practice that had initially been instituted and what that looks like today. Yeah. Um, So this is one of the most unique things about our faith that is something that will constantly be brought up by critics uh, and people who just have questions about it. so to go from the beginning, polygamy is something, it's a revelation that Joseph Smith once again received. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd have to go into the scriptures to get anything else like specific about it. But mm-hmm. basically, uh, God just told them that I, I'm going to command you to uh, take on multiple wives. Um, and initially, I don't think a reason was given, uh, but eventually the reason given was um for raising seed up in the lord like in the gospel of christ uh so the idea of polygamy would be that um you're gonna have children quicker that's yeah (laughs) that's the idea um and this is not in modern day it is something unique like there there is a reason missourians were pissed and trying to kill mormons uh when when they moved into missouri so um the it, within the scriptures there mm-hmm. are examples of polygamy it's not something unique to uh, mormonism just itself uh you have different prophets who uh where the scriptures say that they had uh multiple wives while still saying that they were prophets of god uh you have P- uh, someone like abraham jacob isaac mm-hmm. where they also were commanded by god to take on multiple wives yeah um so it's not something um unique when it comes to people who follow god um 
but there is a method by which God will uh, command this. This is not the standard. Uh, even within the Book of Mormon, it's made very clear that polygamy is mm -hmm. an uh, uh, it is a sin in the eyes of God when it is not commanded of. So if Abraham took on um, starts with an H, I don't remember what uh, the lady's Haggai? name was. Hagar. 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 If if he took her uh, without being commanded by God, then he would have sinned in, in the eyes of God. Um, I, it, he would have lost his position as a righteous man. He would have had to mm -hmm. repent uh, or God probably would have chosen someone else. Uh, same with Jacob and Isaac. They were commanded by God to take these multiple wives. And the same applies to Joseph Smith and the early saints. This is not a practice. This is the practice of plural marriage is not something that was universal uh, with the members of the church. I think uh, Gordon B. Hinckley, uh, he was... To pro he was the prophet when I was a little boy. Okay. Um, he he went on uh, a show and was talking about it. Uh, the most, like the highest percentage of members of the church that ever practiced plural marriage was like 20% to 30%. This was not a standard of the church. Uh, they were very um, it, it secretive in who was allowed to practice this. Not not You didn't just join the church and then it was like, yeah, you can have multiple wives. This was something that uh, bishoprics and wards took into account of who who could take on another person to have a family with. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I have I have something I do want to share from Joseph Smith. Uh, speaking about this topic, mm -hmm. um, he said uh, regarding polygamy, he said that which is wrong under one circumstance may be and often is right under another. God said, thou shalt not kill. At another time, he said, thou shalt utterly destroy. This is the principle on which the government of heaven is conducted. By revelation adapted to the circumstances in which the children of the kingdom are placed. Whatever God requires is right, no matter what it is. Although we might not see the reason thereof till long after the events transpire. And so I, I completely understand someone having a problem with polygamy. I have a problem with polygamy. I would not want to practice that. Um, but I have to accept that if God called righteous men of the past to perform this act, um, is God wrong for asking someone like Abraham or Jacob to do it? And then is it different if he asked Joseph Smith to do it? I can see that thought process. Now, speaking of your wife, your one and only wife. How did you meet her? And can you share your love story with us? Of course. I, my, my family loves my love story with Kayla. Uh, she actually served a mission in the same mission that I served in, uh, in oh. Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, that's where I met her. Um, and I, I just sent her a message after I got home from my mission. I was like, hey, you were cute. I want to talk to you. Um, it didn't go any further than that until I decided to go to BYUI mm -hmm. uh, up here in Idaho. And that's where she happened to also be going to school. And so we started dating when we were up here. And like a year later, we got married. That's awesome. How long have you guys been together? Uh, almost two years. We'll be two years in January. Aw, happy yes. early anniversary. That's amazing. Thank you. See, God's always working out things to his glory. Exactly. I'm very, I'm very happy with her. That's really awesome.
I'm happy for you guys. <laughs> you have a cute little family. I would love to have her on right now. It's just, you know, she she's she's at the temple right now. So well, absolutely. She's, you know, she's doing her important things. <laughs> <laughs> now maybe it's a Yeah, there is there is little drama, but it's all sorted. Uh, talking to Sola Sieta. I'm not going to enter into an arrangement where I know I'm not the favorite wife. This look, when when it comes to polygamy and plural marriage, it is not perfect because people are not perfect. Uh, same with normal marriages. There are so many problems that can happen with normal marriages. And you can very clearly see how there's going to be problems with uh, not just between two people, but you have like three people uh, with uh, within multiple marriages together. Uh, so there are instances where people were very faithful uh, women who prayed to God to see if this is what they need to do for their families. Uh, you can find history accounts where uh, people, uh, women who wrote in their journals about this. And then you can find other instances where it really didn't work out, where people abused, men abused that position of being with multiple women uh, or women who were never able to really uh, come to grasp that maybe this was from God. So, I, I completely understand what she's saying, where a lot of people uh, have a problem with it, but that's the thing. Not everyone was required to go into it. You, yeah. you were only required to go into it if you were in a position that you could, uh, a position where maybe you could take on a wife of someone who passed away, uh, or maybe you were in a position of wealth and you can have multiple wives. That makes sense. I just want you to know this, this is really difficult talking and dealing with this puppy i am i am i'm trying to keep up <laughs> i'm trying to keep my thoughts in place while you are stunning and keeping them from chewing on my keyboard <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's Doesn't why it? my husband has to mod and cats it i mean like it was his cat originally but like he has to make sure it is <laughs> uh he's he's a crazy old boy that's funny <laughs> he actually turned 19 this year oh wow the, yeah, the cat. The cat. Goodness, not my husband. Oh, how- my husband's a little man. <laughs> <laughs> my husband turned nineteen. Uh, and you've been together for ten years. I don't know that math doesn't math. <laughs> that might not be good. <laughs> we oh. we have uh, another dog. He's fifteen. He is roughing it. He he is old grumpy man in the house. Aw, that's like my <laughs> husband. I'm kidding. I love you. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. They have a grump. They have a grump off contest. But guys, Jazz really wants a treat. So if you got in your rumble rants, then you'll get to meet him as well, and you'll get to give him his treat, and he'll know exactly who it's from. So the rumble rant button is right at the bottom of the screen. It's that fun little green dollar sign. If you'd like to support the work that I'm doing, now there, there's a question we talked about beforehand. And it was a whole thing. It's always a thing when you talk about your specific religion. (laughs) We don't have to if you don't want to, but some people in chat have been waiting for it. Could you kindly tell us about the holy underwear? Yes. Fact or fiction? And what's the significance? And are they boxes or briefs? (laughs) I'm kidding with the last part. (laughs) So uh, they're they're called garments. Um, 
And so the garments are in reference to the garments uh, of, of uh, animal skin given to Adam and Eve uh, when they were sent out of the, the Garden of uh, Eden um, after partaking of the fruit. So the garments, oh yeah, there we go. Now we're both in the same club right now. <laughs> uh, let me pull, I have a little thing that just... Yeah, so so the garments that's that's what they're in reference to. They're in reference to uh, the garments that Adam and Eve were given by God uh, after they left, and we believe that these garments are a uh, expression. They are a symbol mm -hmm. of the covenant that Adam and Eve made, and that garments in general throughout the Old Testament they are a symbol of covenants of people's faith and other uh, laws that they say that they will obey. And so in our faith garments, they can function as underwear um, that they, they're, they come in a pair. You can, have, it's a, you, there's a, a shirt and I don't know if I I've never worn boxer briefs, so I don't, I don't know what they would be closer to. Um, they're just underwear, <laughs> nothing special. Well, like boxer briefs are basically like the briefs, but with like the shorts part of it. No, they'd be closer then, to boxers. Then. Okay. Um, and so uh, a lot of people, they, they're like to wear the garments. You have to make a cut. You have to make a covenant in the temple. And that covenant is the endowment um, and a covenant being similar to like baptism. Baptism is a covenant you make with God to, uh, live like Christ, uh, to be a disciple, uh, and to endure to the end, uh, trying to live as Christ. Uh, and the, the, the endowment is just a covenant for other, uh, commandments that God has given us, uh, specifically for, uh, our faith, for the endowment. Uh, it's the law of obedience. Uh, it's the law of sacrifice, the law of the gospel, law of chastity, and the law of consecration. And each of these have their own little thing. Like the law of consecration is mm -hmm. dedicating time and money to the church, to the faith, to help other uh, members of the faith grow in their faith. So is that um, kind of like tithing? That can be a part of it. Okay. Okay. E even more so, uh, it would be like fast, fast offerings where the money that you would have spent on food uh, when you were fasting, you uh, offer it to in, in the form of a fa fast offering and that money would be given to someone who's less fortunate, who doesn't have money uh, okay. for food. Uh, the law of chastity. I think you can maybe yeah. infer what that is. It's uh, only sleep with your wife or your husband. Don't, don't do it with anyone else. So that's the kind of the idea. You do is for cats. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what the endowment is, is it's just a covenant for these laws specifically. And okay. the, the garments are an expression of that. It is meant to be a protection mm -hmm. against temptation. It's supposed to be a reminder. Um, and that's what you'll find with a lot of uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is it's a reminder, uh, like the sacrament. The sacrament in my church is meant to be a reminder of our baptismal coven covenants. And so the garment is a reminder of the endowment covenants. Uh, and some people, there's, there's instances they say magic underwear because there's instances where people who wore the garments mm -hmm. weren't, weren't hurt like in an accident, wherever okay. the garments were. Um, that's not standard. There are missionaries who wear garments who are killed every day. 
Uh, there are members of the faith who are killed in accidents and they're wearing the garments. That's not standard. <laughs> That's not, we don't, we don't say that the, the garments are going to protect you from death or something. Yeah. Uh, they are meant to be a protection from temptation, from sin. Uh, and and the way they are doing that is being a reminder. Okay. And when would you, when would you go out wearing these? So they're just a daily thing. They're, they're, oh, okay. They function as underwear. So in any instance where you're wearing underwear, you wear the garments. Okay. Um, there's a, there's some rules they'll put against uh, for them because it, it's not like you have the garments and it's just you don't need to wear them. Mm -hmm. uh, we do expect you as a church to wear the garments if you're going to make this covenant. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a you need to wear them 24-7. Uh, we understand there are instances where we don't want to get your white shirt all sweaty and gross and dirty. Um, so it's just a matter of wearing them when you can and having that covenant, that reminder uh, with you. Okay. I mean, it It was made out to be something kind of silly in that comment like, <laughs> interaction, but I can really see the beauty to it as, you know, somebody who isn't a Mormon, I can, well, a member of the Latter-day Saints of Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> that I can see the beauty in that. Now, there were some doctrine questions. I know we normally go for an hour to 90 minutes. Do you have some more time or am I going to be holding you? Yeah, let's, we can, we can go for the hour and 30 minutes. Okay. Um. So one of the questions from chat just now is, are the garments taken from G uh is that Judaic tradition? Yeah. And is that says Judaic, yeah. Okay. Is it taken from that tradition? Uh so I what I would say is that the Jewish garments are a uh what would be the word? Would it be like a precursor? Because our garments are a uh they're meant to be representative of Adam and Eve. So I don't I I'm not Jewish. I don't know the historicity of Jewish garments. I know they're similar in some way. Um, I don't know if they're meant to be symbolic with Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. um, I know that ours are not meant to be like the exact same as Jewish uh, garments, mm -hmm. but I know they are similar. Okay. And is there a specific rule about how they need to be washed in regards to like mixing fibers or being colors or? Yeah, no, I, I wash them with whites. That's the only thing. Okay. <laughs> So, so I'm not coming out with pink garments. Are they comfy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love my garments. They are very comfortable. They are very soft. Okay. I think we've spent enough time talking about your understands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to ask this in a chaste way. <laughs> it, it's a necessary conversation because it, it is, like you said, it's one of those things that people will try to either take out of context or mm -hmm. they'll try and have a, a petty uh, point they're trying to make about it mm -hmm. uh, when really it's a very simple thing that can be explained to people who are curious and want to know about it. Exactly. And that's why I really appreciate this, you know, mutual respect that we have as friends when it comes to talking about all of these topics, especially the many aspects and things that I have no idea about. Yeah. Um, so some of the questions that came in beforehand, and if you guys have any questions or want to submit any rumble rants, Please make sure you get them in before the end of the show. We are wrapping things up, getting to like one third left, so to speak. But 
And when it comes to you, doctrine, has God always existed or was he created by someone else? So God would have also always existed. So we we believe like as beings, as who we are, we have mm-hmm. existed for eternity. Um, that our mortal life is just a dot in our existence. Um, and so in eternity, we would be children of God, mm-hmm. uh, children of a heavenly mother and a heavenly father. And so God has existed for eternity. Um, usually what they speak of mm-hmm. is the idea that um, God was once going through the process that we are, uh, okay. that God had to get to the point where he is. And so that that is part of our beliefs that we believe that as God is, mm-hmm. uh, what's the quote? As as we are, God once was, uh, mm-hmm. as God is, we can become. And ultimately, we believe in uh, exaltation, uh, the idea being that we can gain get to a point where we are like God. God still being our Heavenly Father and being our God, uh, but we can work towards perfection using the atonement of Jesus Christ, following the commandments and the laws mm-hmm. so that we can get to a point where we have suc- successfully uh, followed the commandments of God. Um, mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people always try to throw weird comments about this, but I, I don't think it's really that weird of a concept within Christianity um, because most forms of Christianity in some way believe in some sort of deification. Um, if you believe that, you know, when you go to heaven, you're going to be taught by God, you're going to be perfect or some form like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to be an angel. I'm sorry. You believe in some sort of deification. Cause I believe that too. I believe that people will become angels, stuff like that. Um, so there's not like a chance like in, um, LDS that we could become God ourselves and have spirit babies. No, like that. So that is, or the is idea. that the idea? So the, the idea is that, um, the purpose of our life we're in the image of god mm-hmm. and we are children of god and what what does a father want from his children he wants to give them the life that he has mm-hmm. and so that that is ultimately what god's purpose is is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man mm-hmm. uh and that eternal life being a life like god and like jesus christ and part of that life would be continuing this cycle of bringing forth more uh, people in the image of God, of mm. yourself. Like, I, I, I hate to say it like that, of yourself, if you get to that point, I guess, um, and continuing to bring glory to your God, my mm. God. You bring glory to him by worshiping him. You bring glory to him by uh, having pe- more spirit children who have glory to you. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of bringing, I don't know what's the best way to say this. It is mm-hmm. the idea of eternal worship is, I guess, the the best way I could put Us it. Us eternally worshiping God? Yes. And mm-hmm. this this is the highest form of how we could worship God is to continue doing, uh, I'm sorry, to continue okay. living this cycle and bringing more glory to God. Um, that is... That is the the deep philosophical uh, idea of it. Um, it. It matters in a sense that, you know, you should know what you believe. Uh, I think it's just the honest truth of it. Uh, if, if you deny that your your faith doesn't believe in some form of deification, 
but you believe you're going to go to heaven or you're going to become an angel. I'm sorry, you believe in some form of deification. Um, it's just good to be honest about it. <laughs> it's not bad to say you believe you're going to become like a lowercase g God in the form of an angel or something like that. Um, I believe my church is just honest about it, uh, that we, we are just taking the logical conclusion of what this, what is the purpose of our life here on earth? Like what, what is the goal of God? Why, why does he create, uh, children in the image of himself? What, what does he want from us? And so mm -hmm. that, that's the, that's the idea of what our purpose is in mortality of our eternal existence. Mm -hmm. Um, You've but, definitely given us a lot to think about with that answer. <laughs> it's it gets out of what's important. I will mm -hmm. say that because it's good to talk about. It's good to be honest about it. It mm -hmm. does start to get in the realm of uh, this is not like this doesn't have much to do about the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ should be the focus. This mm -hmm. is like the the focus of our life and mortality is to live the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And this is like. I don't know what the word would be. This is like, get you're, you're looking at the bigger picture of why you're following the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't want to focus on this, but it's good to have the bigger picture. It's good to have mm -hmm. um, uh, thinking celestial. Uh, that's, that's what our uh, prophet said in last general conference, thinking celestial, having, having a bigger picture of what is your goal here on mortality. Y your ultimate goal is to get back to God. Okay. So when you're mm -hmm. going through life and having different decisions, you have to remember what is the end goal here? And so that would be part of thinking celestial, thinking of what what an eternal life with God looks like. So basically, is this decision that I'm making kind of like fork in the road and it is mm -hmm. this decision leading me closer to God or further away from God? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And that that leads into the bigger picture of what ultimately does God want from you? Mm -hmm. What what kind of life does he have a plan for you? No, I kind of want to rewind just a little bit. You mentioned a holy mother, which kind of yeah. gives me two questions with that. Is God married and who is Jesus's mom? Yeah. So th these are two different things right here. So okay. we believe that we have a heavenly father and we believe that we have a heavenly mother. There is a reason that God, this, this is nowhere in the scriptures. I'm just going to lay that out right here. This is something that has been revealed to us by modern prophets. You're not going to find this in the scriptures. Uh, there's many theories that people, prophets and people alike have postulated uh, his reverence for our heavenly mother so that people do not take her name in vain. Uh, there's many ideas on why. Uh, but the idea that we have a heavenly mother comes from the idea of the pattern that God has set out for us. There is a reason that God has declared that marriage between a man and a woman is the standard. This is what he wants. He believes that man and woman should be together. And so this, this, uh, the commandments that God brings to us that he has us follow mm -hmm. the laws that he gives us to follow. These are laws that he follows. Okay. So a law of chastity, a law of, um, commandments, he follows those commandments, and that is part of why he is God, because he has been perfected. And so part of those commandments that he has given us is to be married, to have uh, a sealed marriage, to have an eternal marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the logic, the reasoning, and the revelation that we have received from uh, – that Joseph Smith received about this is that there is a heavenly mother. 
um, and that we need to be very reverent about her. Uh, it's good to know that she exists, uh, but there is a reason that God has decided not to be very open about her existence, and it's because the the wickedness of men and the way that they would treat the concept of a heavenly mother. Uh, the idea of Christ's mom, um, I know I know sometimes people get weird about it. Christ's mother is Mary, so I I don't know too much more of what the idea is there. Um, I, I don't really have anything else to say about okay. that other than Mary so, is Jesus Christ's mother. So basically because of the fact that men live in a fallen state and there's like all of this wickedness, um, that's why we don't know the name of the Heavenly Mother. I just want to make sure that I'm like summing that up so I can have that straight in my brain. That that's that's the idea. Okay. So wanna... we can we can see that law wise, God has instituted these laws mm -hmm. and he is God, therefore he has followed these laws. And so reasoning is there is a heavenly mother, that he is a married man, and that together they are God. So that would be that that's that's the reasoning. The re there's not like the actual revelation Joseph Smith mm -hmm. received about this. It doesn't go into any more detail other than there is a heavenly mother. Like that, <laughs> that's as simple as it really gets. Um, and that's where you get people, uh, prophets and apostles, present and past, where they're uh, they talk about the sacred nature of mm -hmm. their being a heavenly mother. That we should have great reference for reverence for her. Uh, but as far as we know, her duty is not directly involved with. Uh, us following the gospel there's a reason we pray to god and not her and so that that <laughs> that's really okay. as far as i i at least know about it and i think that we'll ever know about it in this life that's a really interesting concept um some people in the chat are asking right, is that like mary being the heavenly mother or is she a completely separate part of yeah, they would be two separate beings. Mary would be a separate. It, Mary would be a child of God, just like us. Okay, okay. Because I, I would assume that might come from the idea of Jesus Christ being the same as God, and then maybe Mary being the mother of God, and so the idea being that they would be our heavenly Father and heavenly Mother. But that—that's what that I know. That's a question that was on. Uh, twitter that we, yeah. we we don't believe in the trinity we believe mm -hmm. that they are separate beings so uh the idea that jesus christ is the same as heavenly father uh would not be the same like we don't believe that mary is like a, a version of like a mother in heaven or something like that i can also see how that would kind of be tricky logistically where you'd be married to your mom if you believed in the trinity and that would yeah. be um something i i I, I don't have anything against people who believe in the Trinity. I actually understand why uh, a, a lot of people believe in the Trinity, uh, considering how long it's been the standard of Christianity. So no, like I believe in the Trinity. I'm just saying yeah. that, like under like assuming that we had the same beliefs right there, it would make sense. Like it wouldn't make sense logistically. You, you can see how people are going to, like an atheist would be like, you know, this is a little weird that y'all yeah. believe. <laughs> Some uncle grandpa kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, there was one other question that I had today when I was doing some research. Um, I actually, I heard a Mormon say that Jesus didn't have blood, but rather spirit flowing through his veins. 
Is this a common belief? So I think this might refer to the idea of what a resurrected body is. And a resurrected body is a body of flesh and bone, while a mortal body is a body of flesh and blood. And so if we take that, I don't know. I haven't read too much about that from like uh, prophets and apostles. So I don't know if that is something literal we can take that Jesus does not have any blood in his body as a resurrected being or that that's just a concept that blood is, you know, uh, something that causes mortality, like something like that. So I don't know the specifics about that one. Okay. Uh, I, that's something I could look into and see if the idea is that um, he, yeah. he is like without blood, but that that's what the concept is that uh, a mortal body is a body of flesh and blood, a resurrected body, a perfected body is a body of flesh and bone. Okay. Just because I don't know. I just, I kind of got my brain got like stuck on that. Like what I'm out of my, of my brain is like still there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's. One of the other questions I had is, well, several people asked this, but then I was like, yeah, that's a good question. So I'm stealing my work and putting my name on it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> can i answer swim hooks question real quick before oh yes absolutely so uh there's no specific reason we use water the reason we wouldn't use wine is just because it's alcoholic and that would uh uh go against the word of wisdom but the reason we don't use grape juice is simply because it is cheaper to just use tap water like there is no there's no specific reason for us to be like if if someone if they only had orange juice and they didn't have access to water and it was time to you know it's sunday we're worshiping yeah, use the OJ. Uh, it's more about the symbology of the idea of the liquid of the bread or whatever solid you use and that mm -hmm. it's representing the blood of Christ and the flesh of Christ. Okay. That's a good question. Thank you, Slimhook. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you expanding on that. Do you believe that women can be congregational leaders? Or to word it the way that that tweet asked, why do you believe women should be permitted to speak in church when Paul when Paul clearly stated otherwise. I I'd, I'd have to read the uh the scripture that Paul said. I'm pretty sure the scripture has to do with leaders in the church and mm -hmm. um as for actual leadership within the church it is men who hold the leadership. There okay. are certain callings that women will have uh such as relief society. Relief society is uh it's the the women organization within the church. Uh, where they can meet, they'll have their lessons. They can have their own activities that they do uh, as relief society, and so, so kind of like women fellowship. Yeah, but the the leaders of relief society aren't men. It it is the bishop will call members of the relief society to serve as the leaders of relief society. But the leaders of relief society um, they report back to the bishopric, which is a man. Same okay. with uh, a stake. A stake is just a ton of wards make a stake. Same with stake leadership. Stake leadership are going to be men who have the priesthood. There are stake relief society presidents who are women, um, but they report to the stake president. Uh, and that, that goes all the way up where women serve each other. Uh, they are over each other, but ultimately uh, the people who had the – the gender that has been given the keys of uh, leadership of uh, the church are men. Okay. 
Because I felt like asking the way the um that we asked was important because I think that can be two very, very different things where it's like speaking in church. I'm not entirely sure which specific scripture that was, but I know there's a very I, big difference. I know where it is. I just don't remember the text of it. Yeah. I know there's a very big difference between like leading in church and being like in that formal headship position and speaking in church and having fellowship and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we'll, we'll have women speakers in ward and just a mm -hmm. ward meeting, normal sacrament meeting. Uh, very often it's usually couples mm -hmm. will give the two talks for um, whatever uh, topic they're given for the ward mm -hmm. uh, testimony meeting. It's not like we're saying women can't come up and bear their testimony of Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, we want everyone to share that. So, um, I don't, I don't know. I guess I could see someone misconstruing a scripture to say that women cannot participate in that, but mm -hmm. I don't really understand that because I have, I've learned so much from women as well as men. Um, just because our duties are different doesn't mean, uh, a woman has any less of a testimony of Christ. So what I'm hearing so, is you don't hate women. Surprisingly. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate women. I know I'm a okay. conservative. I'm a Mormon, but yeah, I don't hate women. I actually love my wife. I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. As you should. Bud Light for the commies. Amen. Amen. Whiskey whiz. Yeah, we would not use Bud Light for sacrament. If that's all we have is Bud Light. If all you had was steak and Bud Light mm. for the communion. Or I don't know. I, I would be under the impression if anything ever happened like that, God would provide a way for us to still obey the word of wisdom. There have been miracles that have happened. Like there's a, there's a movie I highly suggest everyone watch is called 17 miracles. And it's mm -hmm. about uh, a hand, a Mormon handcart company that walked across the, the great plains uh, to get to Utah. And they, they should have died. They should have died. They left way too late. And they were wa they were walking with handcarts in the snow across the Great Plains. So God allowed and them to continue the Oregon Trail. There there were multiple miracles that happened and allowed okay. a lot of them to be able to make it. So I I believe that God would provide a way. I know I know it's just a silly question, but uh, I I think I think God would provide a way for us to. Uh, th there's a there's a scripture in the Book of Mormon that uh, uh, the prophet Nephi received. It's a uh, uh, he he said that I'm gonna butcher it. I I'm so bad at memorizing scriptures, but he said that he he knows that God will not give a commandment uh, except He provides a way that it can be fulfilled. And mm -hmm. so I believe that if God gives us the word of wisdom, He's going to make sure there's a way that we can fulfill it. I mean, I think all Christians can definitely agree that God is good all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my favorites in chat who actually he's a first time live viewer so have to ask his question Moon what pies, RC Cola? Yes, yes i hope so <laughs> would that make an okay sacrament yeah yeah okay. I, that doesn't break any uh laws i i would be surprised if we're really in a situation where we can only use moon pies and rc cola like i that that is a i i need to know how we got into that situation the hangover mormon edition yeah i like you're like on a camping trip or something like i don't really know <laughs> 
wait, there wouldn't be a hangover because you guys can't drink. I know. Sorry, right? that was a brain fart. <laughs> Cola is caffeinated. I mean, we we can drink caffeinated stuff. That uh, that's something that's something people get confused. That's not what the oh. word of wisdom is. The word of wisdom is hot drinks. So it's no coffee. It's no tea. Okay, caffeine is okay. Now I would I would say. If you're drinking a ton of caffeine, you're probably getting to the point where you're breaking the word of wisdom because part of it is to take things in moderation. So As uh, we all you, should. you you can drink so much soda. I probably am getting to that point. You you can drink so much soda, you're you're probably not doing yourself any favors. So uh, there is nothing wrong with uh, members of the church drinking caffeine. And now I know we touched on it earlier. It's being asked about again. But what? So if coffee is the thing about hot drinks. And maybe it's just the fact that this little caffeine-addicted girlie needs to get it through her, you know, Starbucks love her head. Kidding, yeah. I, I hate Starbucks. They haven't made pumpkin spice lattes right all season. I gave them three shots, three strikes are out, and also, like, they do a lot of bad, crappy stuff. Yeah. Um, but what makes, what doesn't make cold brew coffee different? Like if you can't drink hot beverages, but you can drink caffeinated things, I'm not trying to like parse things or like be weird about it or like, um, get into semantics, but I'm just genuinely curious. So, so the text, we have to remember that the text of the word of wisdom came in, I think it's the 1930, I mean the 1830s. Mm -hmm. So what hot drinks were in the 1830s was tea and coffee. Those okay. were the only hot drinks. So that's why uh, when he received the revelation that was hot drinks and he asked the Lord for uh, what exactly that means, it is coffee and tea. Those were the hot drinks at the time. So carrying that into the modern day, uh, it doesn't mean we can drink cold, cold brew uh, tea and coffee. Uh, it means that, no, we're not drinking coffee and tea because that's what that hot drinks mean. That's what that meant uh, when Joseph okay. Smith received that revelation. Okay. Uh, but that like something sense. else. So like a uh, hot chocolate, hot chocolate's mm -hmm. fine. Okay. That's that. I, I don't even know if hot chocolate was a thing back then. <laughs> BRB. So, yeah. Check and see if up. hot chocolate was a when thing in the 1830s. Was hot chocolate invented around 500 BC. 500 BC. Well, this would be the good news that Joseph Smith received clarification that it, he was referring to coffee and tea and those were very common hot drinks okay and back also in the 1830s. also google needed me needed me to know that the aztec emperor of mexico drank 50 golden goblets of the chocolate elixir a day i, I learned that in uh polar express everyone who watched the polar express knows that <laughs> my husband went on the polar express oh that's awesome my parents did too i think i think a polar express went through tennessee and they went to it that's I was cool. jealous. I love the Polar Express. That's my favorite Christmas movie. It's also really cute because before one of his first business trips, that was the only train he's been on. And he's like, no, that counts as a train. I'm like, okay. And I mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Maybe sometimes hot chocolate wants to be called beautiful chocolate. Dude, I'm down. I'll call my <laughs> wife beautiful chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> is she black? Is she black? <laughs> Things you don't ask on live stream featuring yeah, for now. I got I gotta put the puppy down. He was he was getting heavy. Also, is super hot drink? No, right? What's super hot drink? Is super hot drink? 
Um, I mean, if we're talking about word of wisdom, no. Okay. I could see someone drinking soup, though. Like tomato soup, you could drink. I mean, like you can. It depends on the soup. It depends on the soup. How chunky is the soup? Like tomato soup, I would say, yeah, it could be a drink. I think that I. All right, we're getting this is the deep doctrine. All right. (laughs) So I think, I think whether or not it is a drink or a soup comes to the format of how you consume it. Okay. So if you, if you put it into a cup, I think it turns into a drink. But if it is a, if it is in a bowl, I think it is not a drink, but you can still drink it. (laughs) But that also depends on the soup. Because I uh, there's, there's chicken noodle soup that there's certain types of chicken noodle soup you can't drink, okay? But tomato <laughs> soup, yeah, you, you could drink tomato soup. There's types of tomato soup that you could drink. I actually made soup tonight. I made a um a chicken stew with um sh- with uh like the condensed soup of um cheddar cheese, coconut milk, and chicken broth with petite diced tomatoes. As well as um, roasted sweet potatoes, and I tried to make bread bowls, but I got bread objects. <laughs> I'm almost tempted to show you guys how bad they turned out. If my husband decides to bring one in here, y'all, you'll see. You, but you lost me at the coconut drink. I, I don't do coconut. The thing is, it actually like it gives like a hardiness and like a not even a sweetness, just like a real creaminess to it. But you can't even taste the coconut if you. If you like season it right, because my husband is not a coconut guy. Yeah, he's pure meat and potatoes. He eats cereal in a cup. I don't think that makes cereal a drink, though. It, it's all about the chunky factor. It turns into a drink once you've gotten all the cereal out. This is my bread object. Oh god! The first time I tried to make a bread bowl, this is this is what happened. Bread bowl, more like bread boulder. Am I right, guys? <laughs> but the bread that came from it is actually really good hi can you take the bread object back please my darling thank you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the the one and only time that sally's baking addiction stared me wrong i thought i thought it would work but it it didn't (laughs) If what it's about broth? long enough in the milk, it's liquefied bread and grain and milk. No, don't drink that. That's poison <laughs> at that point. When 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 your when your cereal becomes a a liquid all the way through, that is you don't drink that. <laughs> oh my god, we have like the best chat tonight, guys. Asking for I bowel issues at that point. Yeah, your GI is gonna have an issue with you. <laughs> oh. Yes, the bread object is probably going to get me canceled, which is a wonderful, wonderful moment to remind all of you. I know some of you already know this, but we share the highlight reels of our life on social media. When I show you my absolutely perfect snickerdoodles, it doesn't mean that the ones that like, it means that the ones that weren't in the picture maybe didn't make the cut. And that's not just for me. That's for literally every woman and every man out there. <laughs> and it was also the very first time I made bread bowls and I was very vulnerable with you guys. So I can't believe you're attacking me like this. No, I'm just kidding. I really don't care. They're, the bread was really good. <laughs> but yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I love how we just like went off the rails the chat. I need to have like a rumble section or something. And now that we're getting more viewers in here, that can actually become a thing. Um, what else do you, you stream on Spotify, don't you? You put stuff on there. Yeah. I just started actually last week for season two, making it a true honest to goodness. Wow. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> you show up to tarnish my name, throw that at my husband and make it a bread meteor. Wow. Okay. I'm going to remember that come Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> I already have them made for you too. So let me know if there's any other cams out there in the chat that need cute little customized things. <laughs> but um, yeah, I have an RSS feed set up. I'm working on getting it through Spotify and through Apple podcasts and all the ones that like directly like shoots to um but it is a work in progress the first episode is out it takes like five to ten days to distribute for the very first time then after that it's supposed to be faster so i'm hoping but we shall see sweet if you hated my bread objects or you liked the show or you think Jax has great hair any reason at all any reason like this show and you already have a podcast cam. <laughs> um, yeah. Does anybody have any other questions that they would like to ask Jax? Or is Jax, do you have anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap things up? No, I think anything else I do want to go over, I think we can save it for another part if you want. Yeah. Because there, there is more stuff I'd love to talk to talk about. Absolutely. But I think this covered, you did a really well job covering things that a lot of people have some sort of question about. Thank you. I did my best. And you were a very, very gracious guest. So outside of the fact that we're friends, you'll definitely be coming back Sweet. as your schedule allows. And I thank you for that. And I thank everybody in the chat for watching and those who listened on the RSS feed that we just talked about or on who are watching this back later. Thank you all so much. God bless, stay based, and stay blessed. And Jax, would you like to close us out with a prayer? I'd love to. Dear my father, thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us and thank you for letting us be able to come together on Frida's podcast and thank you for letting us be able to have the spirit with us and uh, to be able to discuss my faith and Frida's faith. And uh, please bless everyone who participated that uh, they will all have the spirit in their lives and that they will uh, continue to do their best in living the gospel. And uh, please bless that we'll all be able to have a, a great rest of our night uh, with our families. And we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, please remember to like and subscribe and most importantly right now if you could leave a comment because there's been some nasty comments already left on this video it would really 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 help things out if you want to see more of jacks because why wouldn't you he's rad you can follow him on twitter and the link is in the description below so thank you so much for being on thank you so much for that beautiful prayer now let's get out of here thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode, kindly do me a favor and leave me a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. My podcast is available wherever you can listen, and it's also available live 
on Rumble on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern. I hope you can join us in whatever format works best for you. Please tell somebody that you care about about this episode so that I can spread my work and encourage more people. And remember, stay based and stay blessed.